Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. You know, my friend David Weatherly just released a fantastic new book. It's called Monsters of the Tar Hill State, Cryptids and Legends of North Carolina. Of course, that's where I was born and raised, and that's also where David grew up. And guess what? I was extremely honored when he asked me to write the foreword to his book. And here it is. I saw something that scared the hell out of me when I was a child, around 1982. I was at my grandmother's house in the thickly wooded countryside of the newfound community of Leicester, in western North Carolina, heart of the oldest mountains in North America. It was a dark, cool summer night, about 9 p.m., when her dog, a black Labrador named Mandy, went wild, barking ferociously in the backyard. The adults distracted and amused themselves at the dinner table, and I rushed to the backyard by myself to see what had Mandy so torn up. The dog was hunched defensively, ears laid back, sharp teeth glaring, her gaze fixed on the small shed out back. Behind the shed was nothing but acres of gardens and trees, finally sweeping upward to a rugged mountain of cliffs and waterfalls, natural, leafy, undeveloped land for miles and miles. Mandy was so upset that I felt frightened. I looked at first toward the ground, expecting to see a possum or a rogue cat. Quickly, my eyes shot higher. Standing next to the side of the building, its head nearly as high as the eight-foot roof, was a dark, hulking form with piercing red eyes, glowing like coals, reflecting the pale light from the nearby kitchen window curtains. Instantly, I spun and sped away as fast as I could, even stumbling and scraping my knee. Scrambling, I burst into the kitchen, screaming that a monster was outside. It reminds me of the frightened boy at the beginning of the cult classic movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek. Everyone chuckled, just like the adults in the movie. But finally, my father, Danny, walked outside with me a few minutes later. By then, Mandy was calm, and the figure was gone, just as a sprinkle of cold rain began. We were back the next day, and I looked for footprints in the mud. But a hard downpour the night before would surely have erased all signs. I found nothing. What had I seen? When I eventually discovered a book on Bigfoot and Yetis, a light bulb fired in my head. I felt sure it offered an explanation. But now, all these decades later, as a professional paranormal investigator, I'm not sure what I saw. I now realize there are actually too many options. But I can say this for certain. Whatever I saw, 
when it was fresh on my mind, I called a North Carolina monster. My family has been in North Carolina on both sides since the late 1700s. I was born in Asheville. If you draw a line east from Asheville in the western part of the state, you pass through Brown Mountain, where eerie balls of light float around the ridge at night. Then through the Devil's Tramping Ground, a barren circle where it said, Satan meditates at night. An object placed inside will be kicked outside by morning. Next you reach the treacherous coast where so many ships have sunk they call it the Graveyard of the Atlantic. Off the coast you'll find Roanoke Island where the first English settlers in the New World mysteriously vanished, known today as the Lost Colony. And finally, you almost hit the island of Bermuda, top point of the so-called Bermuda Triangle, and those are just the highlights. North Carolina is part of a larger grid of weirdness. The whole state is a portal, a phantasmagoria for all manner of strange entities and beasts. I was immediately excited to learn my friend, fellow Tar Heel, David Weatherly, had written this fantastic book. You see, David is no ordinary researcher of the mysterious. He has something you can't learn or acquire. He has a natural God-given talent, a radar to detect the most obscure, raw levels of the weird and wondrous. He doesn't just write about these things. They define his lifestyle. It's one thing to dig up stories on Bigfoot, but he digs into Judicola, an almost elemental foundation for the state's giant beasts, one that made ancient Native Americans shudder with fear and awe. And that's not to mention the terrifying tales of the obscure Chiclicudli from as far back as the 1700s. It's easy enough to retell accounts of the chilling beast of Bladenborough, but he describes the grotesque pulsating blob that lives under the street in the state's capital, Raleigh. I doubt you'll find that in any other book, and his account is 100% true, even videotaped. David has a knack for exploring and locating some of the most bizarre things on planet Earth, and he presents them strictly for your consideration, almost like Rod Serling. As you turn the pages of this remarkable and historic book, open your mind. Are these creatures running around North Carolina waiting to be someday trapped in a cage? Or are they products of something more complex? A symptom of that energy, that force, that indescribable vortex of weirdness around the Tar Heel State. We all still have a lot to learn, and we all have a huge amount of gratitude for David Weatherly, who so perfectly captured the mind-bending tales about to enter your mind. How do you like that? My foreword that I was very proud to write for David Weatherly's new book, Monsters of the Tar Hill State. And if you look at the cover, it's absolutely breathtaking. Sam Sheeran, the master artist, he created this cover. And on the cover, you see this foggy sort of edge of the wilderness or a swamp. And there is this massive, hulking, ferocious black cat of some kind. It's what they called the Beast of Bladenboro. You'll hear more about that in a minute. And this, oh, every the hair standing up on it, and it looks like it's going to jump right off the cover. And there is this brave dog <laughs> facing off with it. Uh, there's It's such a dynamic image. And on the back of the book, it says, Monsters of the Tar Heel State, North Carolina, one of the original 13 colonies has a rich history and an abundance of monsters. Large, hairy bipeds have long roamed the state, from legends of giants and early reports of wild men to Western Carolina's Nobby. Black Panthers seem to lurk everywhere, 
and the small town of Bladenboro was once terrorized by a vampire beast. Does it still survive? There are strange things in the water, the swamps, and even the sewers. So settle in and explore the monsters of the Tar Hill State. This book is 260 pages long. The table of contents is divided into four parts. Uh, we have here, I'll just give you some examples of this. Okay, part one, varmints. He's got lions, tigers, and blood-sucking beasts. The black dog of Valcruces, uh, mystery canids, black panthers, the wampus, the beast of Bladenboro, part two, Bigfoot, Nobby, and the hairy ones. We have Judicola, wild men, the Boojum, uh, Nobby, swamp monsters, part three, aquatic monsters, which gets into things like the Wilmington Sea Monster, the Cape Fear Mermaid. Siren of the French Broad River, the Long-Armed Sharks, the Lake Norman Monster. Part four is Legends and Assorted Curiosities. We're talking about things like, yeah, you, you uh, trust me, you've never heard of this. The Wang Doodle, the Monkey Dog, the Gallinipper, <laughs> Stickman. Well, guess what? I interviewed David Weatherly. And when we come back from our break, oh, yeah. We're going to dig into many of these stories, and you are going to learn about some of the wildest stuff you've ever heard about, and you're going to scratch your head and open your mind, and you're going to think, huh, I wonder, I wonder, is it possible some of these creatures might actually still be out there lurking around, at least in North Carolina? So that's coming up, and... <laughs> You're going to hear about some stuff that is pretty darn bizarre. But let me ask you a question. How would you like to know something I do every day that I call my five-minute money secret? It's a way to instantly start attracting, tr attracting abundance into your life. Well, I just released a free short ebook and audio book read by me that tells you exactly how to do it and I even produced some new extended versions of the good fortune tone for you to use. You get it all free right now if you go to joshuapwarren.com, sign up for my free e-newsletter. It takes two seconds and you'll get an email that will give you the links to the five minute money secret and other free gifts. joshuapwarren.com I am Joshua P. Warren. And you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. 
every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of thinning hair and not so thrilled with the options to reverse it? After 10 years of extensive research, Dr. Nathan Newman is proud to introduce Reveal. Easy-to-apply Reveal works great on men and women and is used in the comfort of your home. Applied morning and evening. Free of parabens, sulfates, silicones, and dyes, Dr. Newman uses stem cell technology and natural ingredients in this revolutionary product. It's the only product that can be used for men and women without having to worry about side effects on your heart. It wasn't a accidental discovery. It was really made for the hair, so it doesn't have all the side effects that all the other products that we had. Because it was made for the hair, it really has very good effect very quickly. You will see the changes in your hair, not in two years, but you will see it within two or three months. You will see that it's thicker, is more lustrous, better. And the more you use it, the more it will continue to benefit and maintain the hair because it's a fight against our genetics and against the hormonal changes that we get. Once you start using it and you see the benefit, you want to maintain it by continuing to use it. Reveal is a luxury home care system applied twice daily that is as good a treatment as you would find at the most exquisite salons at a fraction of the price. And only at HealthyLooking.com can you get Reveal with free smart delivery shipping. Simply enter discount code GEORGE. Time to return to a fuller-looking head of hair with Reveal from HealthyLooking.com or by phone 24-7 at 800-604-3129. 800-604-3129. Genuine Reveal is not available in stores. Order today at HealthyLooking.com. Reveal. And now more Joshua P. Warren on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am Joshua P. Warren, your host, the Wizard of Weird. And David Weatherly has written a lot of books, including books about monsters of Nevada, Arizona, Alaska, Indiana. And here is my interview with him about North Carolina. Monsters of the Tar Hill State. You know, David, you are one of my favorite authors in the entire world. And yet, for those who are not familiar with your work, um, where were you born and what got you initially interested in all this weird stuff? Well, first of all, thanks uh, for the compliment, Joshua. That means a lot coming from you. Uh, I was, I was born actually in Virginia, not far across the North Carolina border. I, I say it that way because in short order, when I was just a, a few years old, we moved uh, to North Carolina. My father built a house down there. So I grew up in North Carolina. And, uh, so, you know, for all intents and purposes, I, I guess I'm a, a Carolina boy at heart. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's where a lot of my early explorations came in and uh you know a lot of the a lot of the cases you'll see in the book that we're discussing tonight as to how i got interested that's not a real simple story but the the short version is 
Uh, I essentially grew up as an only child. I do have one brother, but he's 10 years older. So, you know, by the time I was really uh, formulating myself, I guess, you know, he had, had moved out. And it was uh, the 1970s. Uh, I got interested in strange things. I, I, was, I loved hearing ghost stories from my grandmother, who was about the only one in the family that would tell them. Uh, I, you know, I um, just got really drawn to unusual things. Maybe it was my way of rebelling. You know, in the 1970s, this stuff was not part of pop culture. It wasn't everyday news. You know, there was no Internet. So this was a very unusual type of, of field to be drawn to. Lo and behold, this elderly couple moved in close to us and built a house. And it, as it turned out, this woman was a spiritualist. Now, this was <laughs> rural eastern North Carolina. She was probably the only one in that half of the state at the time, <laughs> for all I know. And uh, she was interested in, in, of course, all the things that kind of come with that and knew a lot about classical spiritualism, uh, you know, seances and table tapping and that kind of thing. So I used to talk to her all the time and, and got really interested in some of the, the more – uh, spiritual or, or esoteric aspect uh, from that, and then discovered Fate Magazine. And that happened because she happened to have a copy. Now, this book is just packed full of information, as all of your books are. It's 260 pages. We could throw a dart and just start reading, and it would be some type of a mind-boggling tale. May as well start with this striking cover, by our great friend, Mr. Sam Sheeran, another masterpiece by him. The cover, of course, has got the Beast of Bladenboro. What's the story there, David? Oh, boy. <laughs> what, what, you know, I was just in Bladenboro recently, too, uh, for a visit. What a, what a crazy story. A little town of Bladenboro that, um, you know, by all accounts was just a very quiet, uh, I hate to say it, but Mayberry type of neighborhood, you know, people knew their neighbors. And cutting to the chase, what happens is in early 1954, this preacher shows up in Bladenboro. It's sighted in different parts around the town, on people's farms. It is attacking primarily dogs, and it's ripping them to pieces. Uh, you know, the, the signs, when you read the accounts, it sounds like an attack by a big cat. Uh, so, you know, we have something that is, is loosely uh, feline or somewhat canine. Uh, it's a quadruped, but people are describing it in all different ways. Some say it looks like a lion. Others say it looks like a, a tiger. Others say it's wolf-like. Uh, it's black or gray, or maybe it's brown. Maybe it has a mane. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> uh, you know, there's the few consistencies are that it is very vicious. It is ripping these animals to pieces. Uh, people report hearing a sound that sounds very sort of cat-like, um, you know, this screaming that some people describe as something akin to a woman or a child screaming that echoes through the night. And then there's an incident where a woman uh, spots this creature in the yard and it sort of charges at her. Uh, so she runs inside and, and this, this sort of ups the stakes a little bit because suddenly this creature is potentially going to attack humans. The media gets a hold of the story and it turns up in newspapers all over the place. As a result, hunters come from everywhere to try to catch the beast of Bladenboro. There are stories that the initial animal carcasses that this thing attacks are drained of blood. So you'll see some of the early news stories refer to it as the vampire beast of Bladenboro. You know, this is well before, of course, you know, like modern chupacabra attacks or anything like that. Uh, so we have a real curious blend of different creature elements that come in. And what's very strange is that over the years, there have been other reports very similar around Bladenboro and surrounding towns of the same types of attack. A very popular subject Bigfoot, Nobby, and the Hairy Ones. And yes, we could talk about a lot of typical Bigfoot-type encounters, even some that go back hundreds of years. But for me, Judicola, or as the Cherokee called him, Sukalu, has always stood out among the regional giants. 
Uh, what did you learn about the story of Judicola? When we come to Bigfoot legends in North Carolina, uh, you really go back to Judicola because the legends uh, say that he was this giant. You know, he was a lord of the hunt, as they called him. And he's sort of this uh, monstrous figure in Cherokee lore that uh, it was a bit frightening. You know, he would he could leap from mountain to mountain. Uh, you know, there's a there's a whole legend about him because of this peculiar boulder that is in Jackson County. And I'm sure you've been to this thing, Joshua. Uh, it's a it's a massive rock with all these what appear to be initially just a bunch of lines, uh, but Really, this is, is some type of uh, series of petroglyphs that no one has been able to decipher uh, to date. And the native legends say that the marks in this boulder were left there by the talons of the giant. You have this whole section here, part three, aquatic mysteries of the state. Uh, what's one of your favorite aquatic mysteries? the Cape Fear River Mermaid. Uh, and I, I found this fascinating because now I lived on the Outer Banks for a time, and you would expect with all the, the strange lore and everything connected to the Outer Banks, you would expect oh, there's probably a bunch of mermaid stories. Uh, but really, there aren't that many on the coast of North Carolina. Uh, there is a very curious mermaid legend associated with the Cape Fear River, however. And uh, this is a river that cuts across a good portion of the state, there's a tale that this Scotsman came over. His name was David McLaughlin in the 1700s. And he was exploring North Carolina. A lot of the Scottish people came and they loved the state because of how much it reminded them of the Highlands. So uh, McLaughlin is, he is so intrigued and, and fascinated by the beauty of the state that he decides to start traveling. And he, he winds up along a portion of the Cape Fear River uh, just looking around and taking in the beauty, he decides to climb a tree, and uh, it's nighttime. He's he's looking out across the the scenery, and he spies this figure uh, on the rocks uh, at the water that is uh, apparently he thinks at first it's a woman. He looks at it closely and he realizes that this is a mermaid, like his family talked about back in Scotland and she's combing her hair and, and she is uh, radiating this beauty. There's, there's a whole description in the book from uh, his description of her, how her, her lips were red as rose and, you know, her skin was like alabaster and she was, you know, as, as glistening as the jewels of, of Edinburgh. And she sort of, uh, turns and, and seems to flirt with him or perhaps try to tempt him to, to come over. But he doesn't move. He doesn't leave his position. So <laughs> the curious thing about this story is that later on, uh, there is a bar that's built at the site where McLaughlin spotted this mermaid. And the story is that people leaving the bar would frequently see these mermaids. Uh, at this spot on the river. And it was believed that they came up the river from the ocean in order to clean the, the salt out of their hair. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I will ask David about some of the weirdest things you've ever heard of. The Wang Doodle, the Stick Man, the Cameron Village Sewer Blob, <laughs> and even... The Venus flytrap makes it in there. Why? Well, you'll find out. It's pretty darn intriguing. And people ask me all the time when they interview me, they say, Joshua, what got you into the paranormal? Why are you into all these different subjects? Ghosts, UFOs, cryptids. I say, maybe growing up in North Carolina had something to do with it. And, of course, that's also where David Weatherly grew up. Hmm, coincidence? you got to check out this book. It's the best book ever written about North Carolina monsters. I'm Joshua P. Warren. 
You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back with more after this. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey folks, producer Tom here reminding you to make sure and check out our official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. For many of us, YouTube is our go-to place for audio-visual media, and we here at Coast to Coast are happy to share free hour-long excerpts of Coast to Coast AM with you, our loyal fans and new listeners. Our YouTube channel offers many different Coast to Coast AM hour-long pieces of audio on numerous topics, including ufology, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, strange creatures, prophecies, and much, much more. There's even a section that includes our most popular uploads, such as many of the David Pilates shows on people disappearing in national parks. To visit or subscribe, just go to YouTube and type in Coast to Coast AM Official, or you can simply go to the coasttocoastam.com website and click on the YouTube icon at the top. It's the official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. You're going to love this. Just get on over to coasttocoastam.com and start your free listening now. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. 
The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. And with the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. Head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. You're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now, let's get back to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. And here is the rest of my interview with David Weatherly about his new book, Monsters of the Tar Heel State, Cryptids and Legends of North Carolina. You can find it on Amazon. Okay, tell us about the Wang Doodle. <laughs> yeah, this is this is just a weird creature. This is one of those things that, again turned up in folklore, uh, and it's. I actually dug this out of an old publication from the 1940s that was put out by Duke University Press. It's really uh, this off the wall sighting that this family has, and <laughs> you know the the creature. Oh gosh, the creature is this described as it's as big as a cow, high as a goat, but it has these giant ears like a mule. And what happens is the, the family is uh, roused one night after dark because there's something out around their animal pens. And, uh, of course, this is like a, a classic movie or something. You know, the father, of course, grabs his, his gun and <laughs> the mother raises a lantern. And uh, they go out to, to try to find out what this thing is. And, and of course, the the kids are in tow, you know, walking behind. So you just can imagine the scene, you know, of the, the family all making their way over to this uh, to the pig pen. And suddenly there's all this noise. And the father, of course, fires off a shot at this thing and misses it. And it comes leaping into the light. So they all get a glimpse of it. And, you know, it. it of course, runs off, leaving them all completely terrified uh, of the Wang Doodle and its possible return. And then here's another one that I'd never heard of. You know, I I grew up right next to Weaverville, North Carolina, and I'd never heard of Stickman. What's up with that? Stickman was a, a more contemporary sighting. You know, there are these accounts that have shown up uh, over the years uh, that. People are describing these entities that uh, are, are very odd-looking. They have incredibly long uh, legs. Uh, they they move in this very strange manner. You can kind of think of what everyone knows is the Fresno Nightcrawlers um, from Fresno, California. But this one, this one was actually uh, an incident from 2013. And it was a, a fellow in Weaverville who was, he was looking outside, he was looking at a, a field and uh, that was across the street from his, his house. He's out on his porch looking at this pasture and he sees this bizarre figure that is moving. It kind of steps into view from behind a tree and he says it was somewhere between seven and ten feet tall and that it was extremely skinny and like uh, so it, it made these bizarre movements it, it kind of crept over towards a cow uh, and you know the, the witness of course he runs in to get binoculars and hoping to get a better look at this thing uh, and it, he as he moves 
this stick figure, the stick man seems to notice him at that point, And the thing just kind of sprints off into the woods and, and gets away. You have some stuff in here which is undeniably real. For example, the Cameron Village sewer blob. This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. It's on video. It has been studied by scientists. They are debating, trying to figure out what the heck this thing was. Uh, let's hear that story, David. This is fairly recent history, Joshua. This was uh, only back to 2009. Uh, so the spring of 2009, uh, in a, an area of Raleigh called Cameron Village, the residents there, they got pretty alarmed because there was some work being done on the sewer system. And what happened was the, the fellows who were working on the system, they discovered something down in those sewer lines that they just couldn't explain. Now, they caught this on video, as you noted. Uh, you can go online and look at this thing. It, it is creepy. It looks like um, it, it looks like a, a kind of like a huge ball of, of flesh that is sort of undulating and moving about. And it, it's <laughs> you, you see this thing for the first time, you think, gosh, this could be, you know, like a, a, a sci-fi creature or you know something from a special effects feature. But it, it's not. It's very real. Scientists are are kind of stupefied. They've come up with various descriptions or various um, explanations that really haven't held up. You know, they thought at first it was some type of uh, worm. There's There's been all kinds of things that they're saying, oh, this is, this is what it is. Uh, you know, it's a colony of creatures that are all uh, kind of glopped together and working together. But none of the None of the explanations have really worked for this thing. And you're kind of left with this sense that you have to wonder what exactly is down in the pipes underneath your house. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, another example of just how real the stories are in this book is something that um, I I'm really happy you included because it does demonstrate just how truly unique North Carolina is around North Carolina and part of South Carolina is the only place where you will find the Venus flytrap. And you wrote a whole chapter about that. And, you know, most people have maybe never thought about how weird it would be to be the first person, you know, to sort of stumble out into the, the swamp and find such a plant. You wrote about that moment. Um, what can you recount about the Venus flytrap? Yeah, it's really funny because, you know, most people I, I found uh, over the years, most people don't know where Venus flytraps come from. You know, just as a point of interest, you know, ask people at some point uh, where they think they'll come from. You'll usually get some kind of exotic answer. You know, oh, they come from, uh, you know, in Indonesia or they come from Africa or, you know, they think there's some kind of weird exotic plant. No, they are North Carolina natives. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure most people are familiar, but the, the Venus flytrap is a carnivorous plant. Now, even though it's not an animal, I could not resist putting it in the book just because, well, I do include legends in the book, too. And uh, this is certainly quite a curiosity. It was, quote, discovered um, in 17, 1759, I think it was. Uh, when the, the colonial governor uh, wrote a piece about the plant and um, sent it to a, a botanist in England and described the thing and, and what a wondrous and strange uh, species it was, you know, describing this dwarf plant and how it had this spring contraption, you know, this spring portion on the front uh, or on the top, excuse me, that would snap shut. You know, if something entered it and that it would digest flesh, you know, of insects or whatever. So uh, having such a, a strange thing be a North Carolina native, I, I just could not resist adding the Venus flytrap to the cryptids and legends of North Carolina. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it really captures the essence of how much bizarre stuff is concentrated in the Tar Hill State. Well, the clock has almost got us. The floor is yours. First of all, check out the website, eerielights.com. That is E-E-R-I-E lights.com. You'll find links to all of my books and other projects on there, as well as uh, articles, past interviews, and uh, just a whole variety of things on the website. And, of course, all the books are available at amazon.com. 
so check those out too. And lots more coming. There'll be another entry in the Haunted series from me and uh, my fellow author, Ross Allison, coming out very soon. That is Haunted Prisons. Uh, right behind that, there will be another entry in the Cryptid States series. I'm not giving away which state it is quite yet. Uh, but people have responded really well to the series, so more of those coming. And uh, quite a few other books coming behind me, behind that for me this year. It's um, it's going to be a busy year, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. We just touched the surface of some of the wild stuff you can read about in David's new book, Monsters of the Tar Hill State, Cryptids and Legends of North Carolina. Forward, written by me. I want to thank David for writing this book. I want to thank him for giving me the honor of writing the foreword, and I want to thank him for coming on the show to talk about it. Again, the book is available through Amazon.com or go to David's website, EerieLights.com, E-E-R-I-E-L-I-G-H-T-S, EerieLights.com. And I want to point something out here real quick before we go to our next break. Uh, recently, I was listening to David Politis. He was being interviewed by George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM. And David Politis is famous for his Missing 411 series of books and even documentaries. And he primarily focuses on people who have just sort of gone missing mysteriously, sometimes almost in the blink of an eye, uh, in, in national parks. And when trying to describe just how we might not grasp the full scope of the mystery in national parks, he said something to the effect, think of how many trees are in the woods all around this planet. And yet how many times have you seen a tree fall in the woods? We know they must be falling constantly every second. And you probably have seen a tree fall. But if you consider how often they must be falling, it's weird that we don't see that more, isn't it? And thinking about things like that might help you to realize why it's still possible that some of these bizarre creatures might be lurking somewhere out there. And David thinks, David Weatherly thinks, some of the cryptids that he covers may be biological things that could end up in a cage someday. But he thinks some of them may also be interdimensional. He doesn't know how to distinguish necessarily. He just say, says, hey, these are these are what people report. And uh, and he lets you sort of think about it on your own. When we come back, I want to read you an email. And I also want to tell you something more about Judicula, the giant and Judicula rock. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast. 
to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The loss of hair is definitely not something that gets better with age. In fact, at age 20, 20% of men and women show noticeable hair loss. By 60, that number is closer to two-thirds. With that in mind, Dr. Nathan Newman saw an opportunity. Easy-to-use Reveal is so much different than the tired old products on the market. Reveal uses stem cell technology and natural ingredients to revitalize the appearance of your hair for a fuller look. Here's more on Reveal with Dr. Newman. In the Reveal skincare products, we were very conscious to use everything that is natural from our plant stem cells or from plant extracts that are not going to damage your hair or cause irritation. Because most of the products that we had, uh, phthalate, a lot of alcohol, parabens, or things that we didn't really want to expose our health or our hair to, we were very conscious about keeping the Reveal hair care system very natural. And even the preservatives that we use is a natural preservative from plants. You cannot find many products out there that give you all the benefits without all the problems. Join thousands of women and men enjoying fuller-looking hair with Reveal. And only at HealthyLooking.com can you get Reveal with free smart delivery shipping. Just remember discount code GEORGE at checkout. Easy-to-use, award-winning Reveal can be yours in days by ordering now at HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com. Or by phone, toll-free, 24-7, That's 800-604-3129. Reveal from HealthyLooking.com. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. And now back to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network and Strange Things. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and David Weatherly brought up Judicola and Judicola Rock. Now, that is spelled J-U-D-A-C-U-L-L-A. And just as David said... Judicala was this terrifying, monstrous giant that the Cherokee in particular around Western North Carolina said dominated the region. And there are a plethora of stories about him. And there's one cave where he used to hang out at. They call it the Devil's Courthouse. But the most famous marker 
is this rock, Judicola rock. And just as David said, it's a rock that's covered in mysterious petroglyphs. These are just rock carvings. And nobody knows what they mean. Nobody has ever really supposedly deciphered them. And just as David uh, said, you know, he said, I'm sure you've been there. Well, yes, I have been there many, many times. And as a matter of fact, 19 years ago in 2002, I came up with my own quirky theory about what these bizarro markings on Judicolor Rock might actually be. And I want to share that with you real quick. Uh, at some point, you need to go to this website that I created about this theory, judacolorrock.com. That's J-U-D-A-C-U-L-L-A, judacolorrock.com. And what you'll find is, you know, you'll see these pictures. There's one picture of the rock that was taken in, gosh, I think it was the 30s. And... When I first saw the rock, and I mean, people have speculated and said, is this a star map? You know, is it just a regular map showing how the land was divided? Like, there's every theory you, theory you can imagine. I looked at it, and it, the markings immediately struck me as somehow, like, oddly familiar, and I couldn't place it. And then I realized, hey, a lot of this stuff looks like microorganisms, because you may or may not know, when I was like 18 years old or maybe younger, I wrote a children's book called The Lonely Amoeba. And it was a big, long, rhyming book with colorful illustrations by Tim Peterson. And so I've looked at a lot of microorganisms. And so I, I, I got pictures, you know, these close-ups of these different carvings off of Judicolor Rock. And here's what I wrote. I'm just going to read it to you from the website. A new theory. Could Judicolor Rock rewrite the history of technology? According to traditional history, man first saw microscopic creatures in September of 1674. These observations were made by Dutch scientist Anton van Leeuwenhoek. That means, however, many of the figures on Judicola Rock closely resemble microscopic organisms an observation that has never before been reported. According to some archaeologists, the markings on the stone may be 2,000 to 3,000 years old. Obviously, this predates Van Leeuwenhoek by thousands of years. In August of 2002, Lemur, that's my team, investigated Judicolor Rock. At that time, our theory regarding Judicolor's possible connection to microbiology was formally solidified. Upon comparing Judicola's markings to microscopic forms, a possible relationship quickly became undeniable. But what could this mean? Was a microscope actually invented thousands of years earlier, perhaps by a civilization long forgotten? In years past, was Earth visited by astronauts from another planet, and did they leave a message for us? Humans are the only creatures on Earth that are aware of microorganisms. Clearly, this is an earmark of an advanced civilization. Perhaps ancient astronauts left a sign for us that could only be understood once life on this planet evolved far enough to develop suitable technology. Are the marks on Judicolor Rock a clear sign that we have been visited in the distant past? The artists could have produced conventional images, trees, bears, the moon, etc. However, such normal figures are not found. Instead, did they produce pictograms of microscopic life, the most simple and basic form of life throughout the entire universe? And then I have these examples here of, for example, like uh, here's a picture from the rock next to a picture of an amoeba or a picture of a diatom. Uh, next to a marking that looks like a diatom on the rock, or uh, there's a bacteria and there's a hydra, okay? Now, you might say, oh, come on. Are you telling me that thousands of years ago, some Native Americans were able to create a microscope in this rural part of the North Carolina wilderness, which today, I mean, this place is out in the sticks at the base of a mountain. It's not too far from Western Carolina University. But, you know, listen to this. North Carolina leads, uh, let's see, that, okay, North Carolina produces about 60% of all of the scrap mica 
in the entire country. Now, Micah is a is a very uh, clear material. It's a, a clear mineral that it. I mean, you can break it off in little transparent sheets, and they look a lot like microscope slides. And I found this video on YouTube where a guy takes a couple of little pieces of plastic, which are very much like little thin slices of transparent mica, and he just puts a drop of water between them, and he gets some water out of a puddle, and he and he uses the drop of water between the two pieces of plastic as a lens, and he's able to see microscopic organisms, protozoans, the same size as amoebas and euglenas. Okay, all he's doing is taking a drop of water and putting it between two pieces of plastic and, and using that to magnify this stuff. I guarantee you it is certainly possible that a Native American at any point in history would have had the opportunity to take a couple of little pieces of mica that are clear and thin and put a drop of creek water or whatever between them and start seeing microorganisms. It could be done. I really believe it could be done. And this is worth looking into. So I, I, at least go to the website, judacolorrock.com and check it out and let me know what you think. J-U-D-A-C-U-L-L-A, judacolorrock.com, because this actually could re rewrite, rewrite history or it could just be more evidence of, a, of an ancient visitation by some kind of aliens. So it's a wild theory, but I came up with that one. So see what you think. Okay, I want to read you an email real quick here. This comes to me from Rachel. And Rachel says, uh, this is the subject line says good fortune tone. And she says, I'm just a simple Midwest farm gal from Iowa. And then she goes on to say, I listen to the good fortune tone and here are my personal results. Day one. I received a check in the mail for several thousand dollars that I've been waiting on for the past eight months. Day two, my farm landlord offered to pay for field maintenance that she refused to pay for a few days prior. She wrote me a check for a few thousand dollars for the maintenance required. Day three, I put a quick advertisement in Facebook for my business and three clients, two of these are new, have contacted me for work within a span of two hours. I am looking forward to see what else manifests in my reality. Thanks a bunch for sharing this. It is truly amazing technology. Best wishes, Rachel. Thank you very much for that message, Rachel. And I'm so happy that you are having success like so many other people. And that is why I am going to play the good fortune tone again, as I often do on this show. I don't always do it. Sometimes when I don't do it, people say, why don't you play the good fortune? Well, I, <laughs> I'm going to play it, but I want to remind you, and I touched on this in the first sec segment of the show, there has been so much success with this thing that I actually took it and expanded it. And uh, if you want to get the expanded versions, and I say versions, yes, there are numerous types, as well as my free uh, ebook and free audio book read by me about my five-minute money secret, there's only one way to do it. Well, you have to sign up for my e-newsletter there at joshuapwarren.com. And uh, I've posted the original good fortune tone there for you as well as these new extended versions and what i find is that when i listen to these extended versions and there's one that's five minutes there's one that's 10 minutes there's one that's 30 minutes when i listen to them i feel like i'm floating i feel absolutely fantastic it's hard to explain uh when i was composing this and putting it all together i felt like i was hypnotizing myself i, I would have to snap out of it so I know you're going to enjoy that. But anyway, here you go. Here is, once again, the good fortune tone.
That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.